to be honest, we took a leap of faith the other day and we wrote a spoken word for a mental health conference event. Yeah, if you guys don't know about it, um, I do this thing called the Ripple Effect and it's just this youth organization that does like social, humanitarian, and environmental issue stuff. And we hosted this mental health and music therapy event and they asked Grace and I to talk. Mm -hmm. And it was a bit scary, but we decided to just take a leap of faith and try it out. Mm -hmm. And then we were pretty happy with the result and we wanted to share it on the podcast as well. So without further ado, here you go. Hi everyone and welcome back to the podcast. My name is Amy and my name is Grace and just a disclaimer before we begin we wanted to clarify that we're not mental health professionals and have also never really really seriously struggled with mental health but we just wanted to share stories and what we've learned in the hope that maybe it can resonate with someone going through something similar. So, we've been friends for 11 years now, and it has been really interesting growing up together and going through gaining consciousness together (laughs) and seeing how we've developed different perspectives, even on similar themes. So, on that note, today I wanted to address the people who might struggle with getting the ball rolling. And I, the people who might have it rolling but are terrified of it stopping. Do you ever feel like one day you'll blink? And suddenly half your life has passed by, and in that time you've done nothing, and everyone else is miles down the road, and no matter how fast you run, you'll never be able to catch up? Or, do you ever feel like you're not living for yourself, but rather for the smiles on your teacher's faces, the approval from your parents, the admiration from your peers? That one day, the curtain will be pulled back, and everyone will see past to who you really are, and somehow, that won't be enough? Fear. It's what drives us. It can force us to run away from danger. Run toward what we love. But it can also stop us in our tracks. So tell me, what's your greatest fear? To be honest, I remember when I was younger, I met this guy who liked getting to know people by asking them to think of an adjective that started with the same letter as their first name. For example, Grace could be... Graceful Grace, (laughs) Gassy Grace, (laughs) Gastrointestinal Issues Grace. (laughs) Oh my. We thought of some other good ones, didn't we? Gory Grace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, There are a lot of good ones out there. I feel like there was another one. Gagging Grace. Gagging. Oh, I don't know about that one. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, now, there are a lot of A adjectives out there to choose from. Just off the top of my head, like, amazing, awesome, artistic, adventurous, maybe even on a good day, absurdly attractive. But at the time, I can think of anything. I remember thinking long and hard about what to say, and I just ended up going with acrobatics since I did gymnastics at the time, but that wasn't really the one that kept on popping up in the back of my mind. That word was average. Average, Amy. A little bit depressing for an elementary schooler, huh? So, what does that say about my greatest fear? I think it's a feeling that many of us are familiar enough with. The feeling that time is always ticking, and if you don't manage to get started now, then one day it'll be too late, and you'll be stuck in the same place you are today, despite all your potential, all the privilege, all the love and care from the people around you, all the privilege and love and care that always came hand in hand with expectations. 
And maybe it's the fact that we're the model minority. <laughs> maybe it's the fact that we did well in elementary school. Maybe it's the fact that we were kind of goody two-shoes growing up, but... I've always felt this overwhelming pressure to become extraordinary. But where did this pressure come from? Well, my parents had a dream that might sound familiar to many of you, because achieving this dream would not only guarantee recognition from all your peers, Achieving this dream was proof that you've done something right, undeniable proof that even though you moved to Canada, left behind your friends and family, rendered your university degree practically useless, and now work in a job that's far below your true abilities, that this move was worth it because although you will likely never reach your full potential, your kids will. The Ivy League, prestigious universities, Harvard, Stanford, Yale, Princeton, Names that nearly every stereotypical Asian parent will recognize and dream about at some point. And, as life would have it, my parents' dreams coyly worked their way into the back of my mind. Maybe I had the potential to achieve what so many others couldn't. Maybe I could be the next neighborhood, the girl that got into Stanford, that people couldn't stop talking about. Maybe I'd be the one to fill my parents with so much pride, all the while draining their bank accounts unbearably dry. Maybe they'll be able to watch me become that girl. Maybe to some people, I am that girl. They watch me, and even though they just see a glimpse of my life, others have this idea of who I am. And even though the offhand remarks they make about me feel good at first, slowly they turn into this burden of expectations that I feel like I'll never be able to live up to, this idealized identity that it feels like everyone believes in. Everyone but me. They say, yeah, I guess you've got to keep up your perfect grades after all. And I wonder, is that all you see me as? If I didn't have that, would you even have a reason to talk to me? Would you even like me? And... You know, I've learned to never compare myself to Grace because that never ends well for me. I don't want to be your competition. I don't want to be your idol. I wish I could be just like you. And I wish you could see that I have flaws too. Is it even really me you want to be like, or is it this version of me you've created in your head? And, inevitably, when I do make a mistake... Wait, you got that wrong? It's their genuine surprise that hurts the most. So, to the people who also feel like they're being held on a pedestal, it's like now you have a fear of letting everyone down. Now you have a reputation to uphold. And these expectations, they follow you. You don't realize how bad it's gotten until one day you've realized that you've accidentally constructed a palace of lies of this perfect picture of a perfect person and now everyone's built up ideas of who you should be and you've been so busy trying to live up to those ideas that one day it hits you that you don't really know who you are without them. And even though people are wanting to be like you, you still feel like you're not enough and you're looking at someone else wanting to be them too. While I'm looking at you thinking how amazing it would be to have your life. I'm on the other side thinking I'm too awkward, too fake, too inconsistent. I wish I could be more bubbly, more funny, more interesting. I wish I could be as accomplished, as kind, as respected. I wish people could like me for me. I wish people could see me the way they see her. I wish I could be more like Amy. I wish I could be more like Grace. And so we live our whole lives thinking the grass is greener on the other side. Shooting stars, 
They light up the sky, burning so bright, but burning so fast, and it isn't long before they crash into the dark, leaving you reminiscing about a past you aren't quite ready to let go, because you can't help but wonder, who am I without that light? Well, shooting stars, they shine brightly against the black sky, the black sky in which lie those who haven't quite found their spark yet, and watch those shining stars with eyes full of longing. For us average people, in our eyes, some people are meant to shine, and we're the black sky that allows them to do so. After all, stars can't shine without darkness. Rather than a quick death, it's the slow burn of neglected disappointment that feeds away on the hope that we so desperately cling onto that someday, like in the books and movies, we'll blink into brightness and join the ranks of the stars. And you wonder, what do I have to do? What can I do to finally get a taste of the, the spotlight? spotlight? Life is a stage under the scrutiny of all these eyes. Your words hold weight. And although you have the recognition and the praise now, you're constantly looking over your shoulder, waiting for the day when it'll all be taken away. The game doesn't end once you reach the top. It's a relentless chase. We make these promises to ourselves all the time. Get this percentage and I'll be happy. Just get through this presentation and they'll respect me. Do well on this test and I'll be satisfied. I did so badly today, but... I'll redeem myself next time, I'll redeem myself next time, I'll prove myself next time, but you don't, and your confidence dips and your self-worth plummets because somehow, academic achievement and identity have become intimately linked in your mind. Sometimes I see my life in black and white, tallies of what I did wrong and what I did right, because every loss leads to crushing disappointment, and every win brings only relief, and stress spans across every day, because it feels like it can only go downhill from here. Blink, relax, take time to take a breath, and you might fall. Underperform, overestimate your abilities, even if you keep running at the same pace you are right now, that spotlight will inevitably shift to shine on someone else and leave you in the darkness. And we worship that spotlight in university acceptances and good grades and shining resumes to the point where they become our end goals when they're truly just pit stops. We become so obsessed with percentages, with rankings and test scores, that in the frantic cramming, we forget the whole point of school is to learn. Because if knowledge truly is the treasure, why do we forget at leisure once the pressure is over, once the test is handed in? We become so consumed with making our resumes look good, with having the perfect extracurriculars, sports, music, debate, that we forget sports is to move your body, music is creative expression, and debate is a way of exploring the world. And if personal growth is the goal, why do we force ourselves to only grow in a way that will fit their mold? We become so preoccupied with productivity, with how little you sleep, with how much coffee you drink, with the relentless grind that we forget the reason why we work so hard is to be happy. And if all the chase is for happiness, why do we stop ourselves from doing what we love? Why did we let ourselves become prisoners of time? Why was the joy of our hobbies unceremoniously robbed from us, deferred from passion to guilty pleasures? Why do we do all this for the spotlight? Even though we're not sure, we just keep chasing it, dismissing our doubts because we don't have time to stop, to rethink, because this is all you've ever known and without it, who even are you? Who are you? Who are you? The relentless rat race lets you push it out of your mind, but as soon as the stress and the praise dies down, you're left with that same unanswered question. 
Because although the spotlight highlights the achievements of a few, it overlooks all the hard work of a million behind the scenes. So, from someone who's done so in the past, if you always chase the spotlight, you'll never be happy. It isn't the dream you think it is, and as you live through it, you'll find that that dream starts falling apart rather quickly. The first time I experienced failure was when I didn't get into gifted in the third grade. In hindsight, this shouldn't have been as dramatic as it was, but it was a huge deal to me at the time because my older brother had gotten in, all my close friends had gotten in, and it felt like a death sentence. It was like a condemnation that I was less intelligent and had less potential than my peers, and I think it was from this point on that that dream of achieving greatness turned into this uncertainty of myself and a need to prove myself. However, the years after just felt like failure after failure and every time my fears grew. I tried again to get into gifted in the seventh grade and failed. I got my first C on my report card. I got waitlisted from Shad in grade 10, then again in grade 11. My science for project had only gotten an honorable mention when my brother had gotten gold three times in a row. I was getting twos in math HL, and every time I experienced failure, I doubted myself even more. I began to question, why even try? Why aim for sevens when fives would be just fine? Why have hobbies and extracurriculars in place of free time? Why have passions? Why keep trying to shine? Life would be so much easier if I just lowered my expectations and accepted my fate in the dark sky. But as you might expect, that didn't feel great either. There was no sigh of relief after giving up. Nothing was any clearer. Food didn't taste any sweeter. Life was not any better. Then I thought, why did giving up on being extraordinary automatically mean not try at all? And I thought, when did I let their expectations of being extraordinary confine me to being their pawn? The benefits don't justify the risks. One wrong play and you throw the game. Why try something new when you've got nothing left to prove and everything to lose? Don't meet their eyes. Entertain the lies. Just stick with what's worked thus far. Afraid to take risks. Afraid to try. Keep tracing the stencils you made before. Follow the script. Read your lines. Embrace this automatic, passive life. Because to try could mean to fail. To admit hardship would be making it real. To break down these walls would mean facing your fears head on. You bound yourself in these chains, built up these walls for a reason. So why Why try? try? Why try hard in school? Because the world is a fascinating place and school helps us chase after that curiosity. Because the feeling when you've solved a difficult math problem, when you finally make a connection that explains why something works, when you pursue love for learning, it feels exhilarating. Why have hobbies? Why participate in extracurriculars? Why nurture passion? Because they make life so much more colorful. They provide a creative outlet for self-expression, and gaining new experiences is how you grow. Because little in life comes close to the feeling of fulfillment that comes with passion. It's what can get you excited to get out of bed each day, make hard work come easily, and render perseverance a natural response. Why be interesting? Because 
Being interesting is simply a byproduct of leading a fulfilling life, and everyone who has begun to live life for themselves with their different motivations and interests and senses of humor and passions, you can't help but want to learn more about them. Because it's so motivating to find people you look up to, to develop an idea of who you want to be, and to see yourself growing closer to that version of your best self. So why try in life? Because trying hard in life came so naturally when it wasn't for achievement or respect or because of external pressure, trying hard in life was just me. Chasing after valuable experiences, about putting my all into things, about making the most out of my life. Because stepping outside of your comfort zone is thrilling, because trying is what brought me back to life, because what you put into life is what you get out of it, and you might find that taking a leap of faith is the best decision you ever made. After this shift in perspective, it felt like I was finally seeing the world as it really was, and everything was just so easy. Just focus on love for learning and the grades will come naturally without the stress of, what number am I? Raising my hand in class isn't for participation or brownie points anymore, but because I'm genuinely curious. Then tests are no longer win-or-lose situations of wrong answers and dumb mistakes are no longer missed marks, but opportunities to develop a better understanding of the world around you. Focus on living and growing as a person, and finding your identity will come naturally. And when you aren't trying so hard to maintain this image of a perfect person, you'll find that people will love you for who you authentically are. And by becoming that person you want to be, people will begin to view you as extraordinary, all on their own. Focus on the intention and the mechanism will come. Fear. Fear. It's what drives us. But it can also hold us back. Keep us frozen in place. And cause us to live life constantly, looking over our shoulders. And a life driven by fear alone is no way to live at all. So rather than spending a life living someone else's dream, trying to chase after other people's expectations, rather than obsessing with joining the ranks of the stars, and getting caught up in this chess game where the rules are changing every day, shift your focus. Try with the right intentions. And make your life about living again. Thank you so much for listening to this recording of our spoken word inspired speech for the Ripple Effects Mental Health Therapy. Oh, Music of the Mind. Music of the Mind. I came up with that name. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) We had so much fun doing this. And also, this is the first time that we're recording in one room. Oh, yeah. So much fun. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And I think this spoken word-esque inspired talk Um, may feature a lot of ideas that we've talked about already on the podcast, but it's like a good holistic piece of writing to encapsulate a lot of the ideas we've already touched on before. And also, one of the things that we mentioned in our spoken word was about trying hard in life and putting your all into things and not being scared to put yourself out there. And I think the spoken word is also a testament of that. Yeah, totally. Yeah. In the first place, like the idea of doing a talk in front of people is scary and not something that I would have done in the past, I think. Mm -hmm. And yeah, even I was like, okay, I definitely need Grace to do this with me because originally (laughs) they just asked me on my own, I think. But I was like, Grace, please come. And in the second place, another thing was making 
making the talk more interesting by turning it into more of like a spoken word that we worked pretty hard on rather than just doing a talk on this is my life blah 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 blah. but I think it did end up becoming so fulfilling and such a fun project to work on because of that yeah totally and it's so funny because even when I was saying like the leap of faith bit in the podcast I looked Mm -hmm. at Amy And it was really funny because like when we were in the process of planning out what we wanted to say, what we wanted our message to be, how we wanted to approach the talk, I remember saying to Amy, like, I feel like if we do this, I want to give it our all. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. know if we'll ever have an opportunity like Mm -hmm. this again to speak live in front of a bunch of other people. Um, And I was like, we should like put our all into this. And we totally did. And as a result, it turned out like being really rewarding and being something that both of us are really proud of. So we're so excited to be able to finally share this with you. And also we just wanted to thank you again for listening, for all the support. And like, I feel like if we hadn't started the podcast, we wouldn't be, yeah, first no, of all, definitely not. we wouldn't be where we are today and we definitely wouldn't have been able to do this speech together. Yeah. And No, we would not have been asked to talk at all if it weren't for the podcast. Because, like, Mm -hmm. the reason why um, they asked me to talk was because we had the podcast and it was, like, kind of mental healthy. Yeah, and not only that, I think without the podcast, we might not have grown into the same people we are today mm, that's true, and that's we true. might not have the growth necessary to be able to talk on all this stuff so I'm so thankful for you guys and um for giving us like this place where we can talk about what we want to talk about where we can grow together mm-hmm. and as always if there's anything that you'd like to say um please don't hesitate to reach out you can find us on instagram at to be honest pod yep And make sure to check us out on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or whatever you're listening on. And make sure to leave us a rating. It would be much appreciated. And with that, we'll see you next week. week.